0: Movie Date is supported by the Movie Music Stream at yourclassical.org. Soundtracks for every moment of the day and features that complement your listening experience. Movies at yourclassical.org. Hey, Rafer. Hey, Kristen. We have a pretty exciting movie week. We sure do. And the reason why is because we have exciting stories with hunts for bad guys, trying to track down things that are yours, trying to exact justice, and... One of these movies is actually based on a true story. So, mm, so let me which tell you, one? So which let me, one? Let me tell you the plots and you just tell me which one you think is based on a true story. So, in one of the movies, we follow a Jewish woman's efforts to reclaim the art that Nazis stole from her family's home in Austria in the 1930s in the years leading up to World War II. That battle is both legal and emotional.
1: That's that's Woman in Gold. That's Woman in Gold. Starring Helen Mirren. Yes. All right, so that's that's the first one. Yeah.
0: And the other movie we have this week is about a group of race car driving friends who've fought crimes in the past as only race car drivers can. They're all trying to live regular civilian lives now, but they get dragged back into the game when the brother of someone they killed in the past comes back for revenge. So one of these two movies is based on a true story.
1: I'm g- okay, Let's... Let's hold that thought. Okay. Let's hold that thought and talk about this and see if we can figure out which of these is based on reality <laughs> as it's we go so hard through as we go through the podcast and talk about Woman in Gold and Furious Seven, let let's introduce ourselves. I'm Rafer Guzman, movie critic for Newsday,
0: and I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture producer for The Takeaway. And this is Movie Day. There's
1: music in the background and now-
0: I'm trying to be polite, but I think I should give you the truth.
1: all right let 's start with woman in gold. This stars uh, Helen Mirren as Maria Altman, um, her aunt, uh, back in the days before uh, the Third Reich swept to power in Austria. Her aunt uh, Adele Bloch Bauer uh, sat for a portrait by uh, an artist, uh, none other than Gustav Klimt, and uh, he paints this amazing, dazzling portrait. It's the it's the height, possibly the last, I think, of his gold gold period paintings. Uh, and then this painting when uh, gets stolen by the Nazis when the Nazis come through, they're they're rounding up Jewish families. They steal that uh, painting. They, they steal the beautiful, beautiful choker necklace that uh, Adele Blochbauer wears in the, in the painting. All these things. Helen Mirren, years later, she has escaped uh, the Anschluss. She's in Los Angeles. It's the 90s, late 90s, and she decides she's going to fight back. She wants to petition the Austrian government to get her painting back. That portrait... Now known as Woman in Gold, has been hanging in the Belvedere Gallery in Austria, in Vienna. It's a national treasure, a huge tourist attraction, but she wants it back. She hires Ryan Reynolds, uh, a family acquaintance, a young, sort of nervous lawyer, to, uh, to represent her. Here's a clip
0: My aunt, Adele. My uncle commissioned Gustav Klimt to paint her. That's quite a painting. It's magnificent. She was taken off the walls of our home by the Nazis. And since then, she's been hanging in the Belvedere Gallery in Vienna.
1: And now you'd like to be reunited.
0: I have to do what I can to keep these memories alive.
1: I'm just going to say right now, I'm pretty sure this is the true story, Kristen. (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is the this is the fact based story, and I only say that because, of course, I I, I did some Nexus lexus research, and I, oh, I found out. Oh, look at
0: you go using the yeah. academic research database. You know, so, journalist. Yep. You know, yeah, that's what you got to do.
1: So, really, what this movie is is uh, Philomena Two. That's that's <laughs> that's really what this is, right? It's the exact same blueprint. I mean, literally the exact you have, same.
0: You have some young kid who is going to go on a road trip with an older broad who may or may not be worldly, who may or may not.
1: A little cantankerous. Yep,
0: yep, all that. And and then they're going to learn some things about themselves and about each other.
1: That's right. And yeah. you've got the big bad institution in Philomena. It was uh, the Catholic Church. Uh, in this case, it's the Austrians. Um, we should also mention that you do have uh, Daniel Brühl, who plays uh, – Hubertus, I can't pronounce the guy's last name, but <laughs> Hubertus, uh, a real life character. Uh, it was his, in, in real life, it was his uh, stories that first caught Maria Altman's eye about uh, the restitution process and getting, um, getting artworks back that it, had been stolen.
0: Yeah, and you'll recognize him if you saw the race car movie Rush, because that's was, right. Yeah, that, that was one of his biggest roles. That's He's, right. He
1: played Nicky Lauda.
0: Yeah. Um, but i think that it's pleasant and it makes you feel good and if you're in the right mindset it might make you feel a little bit emotional it, mm. mi- it might even make your eyes a little bit misty but um it's delicious and it's easy and possibly when you're all done with it you know you might not remember that much about it but you might have <laughs> just found it delicious and enjoyable at the time
1: i didn't think this was delicious and enjoyable i thought this was i thought this was flat and um tasteless this movie oh. I don't, mean, I don't mean tasteless in a – Explain in a, I
0: just tasteless. Mean it,
1: I mean in, in the pure sense of the word, lack of no. – there is no flavor to it. Um,
0: oh, OK, OK. I, yeah, I, yeah.
1: I didn't mean crude or crass. Okay. Uh, I, I, um, I just felt that the Helen Mirren character was very, very thinly drawn and I felt that um, the Ryan Reynolds character was even more thinly drawn. I, I do have to say Ryan Reynolds – I have not – I have yet to see him play anything but an amiable blank do you know what I mean? I just I he never plays anything but these just kind of barely there friendly ish characters that just don't register to me. I know he's gonna be uh, Deadpool in the new the new Marvel Deadpool movie, but um, you know, I just I haven't seen him grab me by the lapels yet. And so I just felt that the whole movie just had a
0: very, very Hold uh, on, what about just friends?
1: Just <laughs> Friends, just 2005. Friends. Ryan friends. Reynolds and
0: Just Friends.
1: I don't remember it. Oh, okay. We we won't go down that path. The best I've seen him in, I think, was maybe the proposal, the one with Sandra Bullock. Oh, that's because Betty White's in it. She makes everything better. <laughs> maybe that's why. <laughs> anyway, I just uh, you know, so not to not to bag too much on Ryan Reynolds, but I I found the whole movie really just not that interesting, and I found uh, I'm again no spoilers but the ultimate fate of the painting i found a little less than it didn't really it didn't stir my heart i the ultimate fate of that painting i kind of felt like yeah i don't get that really great feel good oh isn't that awesome feeling mm. to it you know i kind of felt like yeah that's probably what i would have done too but i was <laughs> but i was kind of hoping for someone to do something a little better you know Aww. i'm not i'm not a you know I don't have that attachment to it, but if I found out that painting was mine, I would do that too. But mm, do you know you're what I like,
0: I understand what happened on that date, yeah. but I don't need to go on that date.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So Woman in Gold, to me, I thought was um, really a, a, a much a, a much worse date than it should have been, I felt. It,
0: okay. I, I'm going to say Woman in Gold. I thought it was a pleasant date. Hmm, Perfectly okay. pleasant, non-challenging, kind of, you know, like eating macaroni and cheese sort of date. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Should we go to uh, the clearly fictional film on our list?
0: Clearly fictional.
1: Furious 7.
0: No longer fast, just furious. Only
1: furious, but also fast. The fast is implicit at this point, (laughs) I feel.
0: I love that because it's forcing me to use my brain to be intelligent, to kind of go there because they're not telling me. I have to just realize that you it's fill in it subtext. You fill it in. You fill it in, Yes, Kristen. it's there. It's right. there. So as we were saying earlier, Furious 7 centers on our old gang. They're back, you know, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Vin Diesel, The Rock, Paul Walker, all of them. They're, yep. they're back together again. All of them are living kind of regular lives now, you know, domestic lives and uh, married kids, just trying – Trying to not be part of that fast world anymore. Not fast. Just, no. no. No, but they get pulled back into the game because somebody they killed in the last movie has a brother who does not feel good about the fact that he no longer has a brother and he's going to kill all these fast and furious drivers. And, you know, maybe the drivers are not going to let that happen. Maybe our fast and furious team is going to come out on top again by driving, driving their way to the top. Here's a clip.
1: You remember Owen Shaw? The one we tore half of London down trying to get. Well, this is his big bad brother. British Special Forces assassin. The kind of unique asset that no government would ever admit to employing. How do I find him? You do whatever it is you gotta do.
0: Whatever it is you gotta do.
1: The guy they're talking about there is Deckard Shaw. He's the guy that no government in its right mind... (laughs) would ever admit to employing... He's Jason Deckard- Statham. Jason Statham, of course. Who else? Uh, we saw him briefly in the last film. He was the he was your little teaser Easter egg in the last uh, film. And uh, here he is again taking center stage as the main villain in Furious 7. So, Kristen, um, how do you feel in general about the Fast and Furious franchise?
0: You know how I feel about this franchise. Just give it to me straight. I think it's so ridiculous and... I, I really just can't distinguish one movie from the last in the the prior series. Like there's a bad guy, they're gonna drive a lot, they're gonna chase him, and then that's the movie. It's right. driving and it's chasing and it's chasing and it's driving and it's driving fast. Yep. Sometimes driving with fury in your eyes. That's right. Um But I could not tell you what the plot is of any of these movies. This plot I know just because I watched the movie and sat next to you and leaned over and asked questions. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am Still, I'm not 100% clear on all the things because there's also... a little
1: fuzzy on the details.
0: Yeah, because there's also this um, Kurt Russell character that's in the movie. Yes, the great Kurt Russell. That I was happy to see Kurt Russell because he's the ultimate, like, you will not bring me down. Yes. I will will rise up. And, And I love Kurt Russell, but I don't quite understand what his character was in the movie. He was bringing the Fast and Furious team back together in a way to fight this bad guy, but they were already getting back together to fight this bad guy, so I don't really understand why he was in the movie. Well, I can, t- I can explain that to you
1: if you'd like. So <laughs> what I believe has happened is that Kurt Russell's character doesn't actually have a real name. He just refers to himself as Mr. Nobody because he's that covert. I think he was originally an employer of Deckard Shaw, or he has at least some connection and knowledge about Deckard Shaw. He also wants to bring Deckard Shaw down, and so he's going to team up with Vin Diesel as Dominic Toretto and Tyrese Gibson and Ludacris and Michelle Rodriguez as Letty and all these people. He's going to team up with them. And, of course, what Mr. Nobody brings to the table is basically a Pentagon-sized budget that allows them to do things like fly a plane over Azerbaijan and parachute their candy-colored hot rods down onto a highway and then take down a convoy. So now they can do things like that because they've got essentially black ops government money thanks to Kurt Russell. And so that's what's bringing those guys together. And then from there, of course, it's just a lot of – you know. How where how can you find an excuse to jump a car between three skyscrapers in Abu Dhabi?
0: Yeah, straight out of the windows.
1: Straight out of the windows. I
0: have a car in a skyscraper, and I'm going to drive it as fast as I can. Right. through the glass and do it. An, I mean, I hate to say this, but it it made me think a little bit about September 11th when you're Did flying it? vehicles through skyscrapers and. Oh, no,
1: that's interesting because I do often think about that stuff when I see uh, these big destructo extravaganzas in things. Um, for some reason, I, I get a lot of it in the Marvel superhero movies, which, mm, are, which, which yeah. literally almost every single Marvel superhero film ends with a villain on a tower. Have you noticed that? Someone's got to get that. up to the top of the tower and stop whatever giant ray is the happening. The wind is
0: blowing and they're going to give a speech that's yeah. too long. you got to get up to the tower yeah. and
1: stop that ray or the wormhole or the <laughs> thing or whatever it is. It's always at the top of the tower. <laughs> and I always think about September 11th. This I thought was actually, in in terms of bringing, dredging up bad memories, I thought was pretty well handled. Um, i got to tell you. James Wan is the director of this. James Wan from the Saw franchise and other horror movies. Um, And I think this movie was just really, really well directed. I thought it was just so well done. I thought the action scenes were just fantastic. They're just flashy, splashy nonsense. They work great. Um, And, you know, the Fast and Furious franchise is like – it's like – I don't know if it's hit two billion, but it's something else. Extraordinary. It's well over a billion dollars that these movies have generated. And they now have a budget that is getting towards Mission Impossible, James Bond style budgets. I mean, they are making these movies that are I- increasingly more elaborate. And I think it's cool because these guys are like the hip hop, multi ethnic, kind of street level version of all these big, fancy, great, amazing, high budget movies we've seen which all have white heroes by the way, Ocean's 11, Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. James Bond. And this is like, you know, this is the street this is the street version. And I think it's cool that they're doing all this stuff. I think it's fun I think it's there's some great filmmaking moments. My favorite moment is when uh, Dwayne Johnson, who's been laid up in a hospital bed, and he finally decides, and you know it's going to happen. You know
0: it's going to happen <laughs> from in, the beginning. He's in multiple casts, yeah, by he's, the right, way, because right. he's, he's been all in yeah, traction. Right, yeah.
1: right, right, right. And you know when he bows out at the beginning, you're like, well, I know he's coming back at some point, right? And sure enough, he does. He throws off the blanket, stands up, and to to break his arm cast, he just flexes his bicep until the whole thing shatters. <laughs> and I just thought. That's movie making, man. Thank you for that. Thank you. That's movie making. It's great old fashioned eighties Schwarzenegger style pulp. And I think, you know, it's nonsensical. There's a lot of soap opera subplot stuff. It's not, you know, the the narrative makes no sense. It's a little long, but yeah, but I a- had a great time. Also, Jason Statham, God, he's the best he's ever been. He's as good as he was in the transporter days. He's fantastic in this movie. I had a totally great time. I love seeing the
0: joy in your face as you talk about this movie. River. I just <laughs> love it. And I knew sitting next to you, there were moments where you were just shaking your head with a smile on your face like, I can't believe how lucky I am to be watching Furious <laughs> 7. It's you so just, true. You just were like, this is the best. This is a dude date. But you know what? Even though I make fun of these Furious movies and I call them dude fests, I will say I enjoyed this one quite a bit more than the others. More than the others, you say? Yes, and here's why. Um, I decided I'm not going to worry about not understanding this preposterous narrative. You're right. I'm, I'm just right. like, who not going it? Who needs it? Not going to pay attention. And I'm I'm not going to get mad about the fact that it's a half hour too long. I know they're trying to say goodbye to yes. Paul Walker. And so yes. they're stretching this out way too long. But the stunts are so imaginative. And they, they are so well in this one. They like, are. When the planes... When the plane's flying over and dropping all the cars, you're like, "Really? Yes. This is so ridiculous." And I love that you went there. Thank exactly. you for going there. And there were just certain points of I'm jumping from a moving car into another moving car in the opposite direction. Yes, right. Where, that are just shot so well. There's yes. one escape scene where Paul Walker should go over the edge of a cliff, right, and then doesn't. That is so masterfully done. It's a classic. Done. It's a that's a classic. It's so well done. So I'm gonna say. Even though this isn't my kind of date, it's it's actually better than all the other ones in the franchise, I thought. I, I really thought that it was an okay date. And just for the action scenes that, you know, don't, don't pay attention to the plot. Yeah. Just don't. And I think
1: it actually has a very nicely handled epilogue in which they say goodbye to Paul Walker and the Paul Walker character in um, – a very corny but uh, very symbolic and I think well done way that fits with the movie nicely that fits the movie's tone nicely and it's, it's, it's actually it's I don't want to say emotional I don't think you're going to be tearing up necessarily but I thought it was very sensitive and very nicely handled and I thought Furious 7 was just a completely enjoyable date I had a total blast from start to finish
0: Alright well stay with us because things aren't over yet oh no no, way. no they are not over yet because coming up We have some movie therapy and as usual, there is trivia. Stay with us. Movie Date is supported by the movie music stream at yourclassical.org, a new site for expertly curated streams, unique programs, and relevant features to promote calm and focus. Click, listen, and relive your favorite moments on the silver screen. Find a steady stream for your epic scenes with movies at yourclassical.org.
1: I'm Ray Perguzman.
0: And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is Movie Date. And let's open the mailbag, shall we, Rafer? What do we have today in the mailbag?
1: Well, today, Cheryl Greenway wrote to us on our Facebook page, and here's what she said. A note to let you know, you're my favorite part of Saturday mornings. I get a cup of coffee and listen to your podcast. I do wish it was longer, but just because I want more movie date podcasts to enjoy. Selfish, I know. I love movies and enjoy your podcast so very much. Well, Cheryl, thank you very much.
0: That is such a great letter.
1: Very nice. To be
0: the best part of somebody Saturday morning. I know. I'm not the best part of anyone Saturday morning. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh, that's, I'm sure that's not true, Kristen. I love that. That's well, so great, now. Cheryl.
1: Now, we're not ordinarily in the habit of just reading out uh, mail from people who tell us how much uh, they love us, but... There's although a, we
0: love it when you... Although we, to we, we that. certainly we love it. Uh,
1: but there is a reason that we that we read this out, um, because we wanted to encourage everyone uh, that if you're writing to us on uh, moviedatepodcast.org, if you're writing to us on our Facebook page, um, please go to iTunes and write to us there as well, and leave us a good review there if you like us.
0: Yeah, because if you leave a review there, and if you subscribe to us there, and you know, I know a lot of you listen to us on Stitcher or on The Takeaway or other places, but... It is so useful for other people out there trying to find a movie date who can't figure out where we are. The more people who leave comments and the more people who subscribe on iTunes, the more people who can find us because we want people to be able to find us. We don't want to be a big mystery. We want you to be able to find us. And we love your letters. And so, Cheryl, thank you so much for writing. And the rest of you out there who write to us, who we don't always read your mail, we appreciate it so much. And- Another thing that comes in the mail frequently are movie therapy questions. What seems to be the trouble? Can I confess something? I'm just trying to tell you about my feelings. He's been depressed. Help! All right, Rafer. What do we have for movie therapy this week? Well, Laura Yamin
1: wrote to us, and she says, Hi, Rafer and Kristen. I have a movie therapy request. I am looking to tap into some sadness. I seem to fall into the Chandler Bing can't cry space. And my therapist wants me to start finding movies that would make me cry. Can you help? Well, I think we can. I love this
0: question so much. a
1: (laughs) a great question. Two things I think we should say here at the outset. Um, In case you don't know, the uh, Chandler Bing reference is a reference to Friends, of course, the episode in which uh, everyone discovers that Chandler Bing can't cry. (laughs) So uh, good one, Laura. You might be showing your age there a little bit, but we got the reference. Uh, Also, I'd like to point out that here's a person who has an actual licensed therapist – And yet is coming to us for additional help. I like that. That's wonderful. I'm very proud. You
0: should do that.
1: (laughs) It doesn't mean you have to drop your actual shrink. You can also just augment and come to us for some extra advice.
0: (laughs) So Laura, thanks for writing. The issue of crying and movies is one that, as every listener of the podcast knows, I, I'm a specialist when it comes to crying. Indeed. And I cry during almost every movie. I, I cried during Men in Black 3. I was just thinking about that the other day. <laughs> I about remember that. That special relationship between Will Smith and oh, God, don't even get me started. Oh, yes. so tender. Yes, so tender. I will cry. I'll, I cry during a lot of stuff and a lot of commercials and not just those Christmas ones with Folgers. Right. right. I cry a lot. Insurance and I,
1: commercials. All
0: of them. I just love to cry. I love crying so much. Crying is wonderful. And for those of you out there who are like Laura and have more challenges crying, I think Rafer can speak more to that experience because Rafer doesn't cry like I do. I That's cry all true. the time. And so we're going to recommend some films that are guaranteed to make Rafer cry and a couple movies that make me the biggest tear puddle Ever. I cry <laughs> during all movies, but there are certain <laughs> ones that just reduce me to a useless pool of water. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, to start off, um, I'm going to recommend kind of an obvious one, which is Toy Story 3. And uh, this we, we all thought this was the last in the series, but no, in fact. A fourth is coming. A fourth is coming. Um, but this one, I have to say, uh, uh, people may remember when I reviewed this originally on the podcast. Uh, uh, back I had, in
0: 2010.
1: Back in 2010. Five years ago. Boy, I know. No, uh, I had gone, I, had, I was originally going to go to this film with a college friend of mine um, just because he happened to be in town. He couldn't make it to the screening. And I was so thankful because. I I actually wept. I wept the way the way that you read about in novels. I wept at this movie. This is the this is the the final film in the relationship between Woody and Buzz Lightyear, Slinky the dog, all the characters, and Andy, uh, their keeper, the little boy who is now grown and heading to college. So there's so much emotion, so much pathos built into this story. Um, it's got this great climactic. Scene uh, in which the toys are all in danger and they're facing some of their final moments, it has an amazing: uh, oh, They
0: all reach out and hold each other's little oh, toy hands.
1: God. And uh, it's got this really great uh, denouement, I guess you'd say, mm. where you know all the kind of emotional uh, themes of the film come full circle, and I just found it absolutely irresistibly cryworthy. Here's a clip. Mr. Lotso, do toys here get
0: played with every day? All day long, five days a week. But what happens when the kids grow up? Well, now I'll tell you. When the kids get old, new ones come in. When they get old, new ones replace them. You'll never be outgrown or neglected, never abandoned or forgotten. No owners means no heartbreak. The next recommendation, again... Prefacing this saying, yes, I know every movie makes me cry, but this was a definite I'm a pool of water moment was just watch the first five minutes of Up.
1: Yes. Up.
0: The first five minutes, Ellie and Carl and the love they have for each other. And we just played a clip of this movie in trivia a few weeks ago. Yes. um, I I have a confession to make. As I was pulling that clip to play for movie trivia a few weeks ago, I was at my desk. I have a standing desk um, at the WNYC Studios. And I was crying at my desk. And I'm in clear view of everyone because I have a standing desk. So I'm standing there and tears are rolling down my face as I'm pulling a clip. So just, just do that. Watch, it is. Watch it's... the first five minutes of that. You, the whole movie, I think, is pretty great. But the first five minutes are just, it, it's a tear-making machine. Definitely see up if you want to cry. But we're not going to play a clip because that whole five-minute sequence that we're talking about is completely silent. It's a silent movie, and it's the most perfect five-minute silent movie you will ever see.
1: Turning now to a classic, uh, sort of a film snob classic, I guess you'd say, The Bicycle Thief from 1949, the Italian neorealist drama from Vittorio De Sica. Um, there's a little argument whether this movie is actually supposed to be called The Bicycle Thieves or The Bicycle Thief. It was originally uh, translated as Bicycle Thief, which to me is the much more powerful title. Um, it's a very simple story. It's about uh, a poor man uh, living in Italy, and uh, he, gets a, he has a bicycle. He gets a job, uh, which is a rare thing to come by in his small town, and then his bicycle is stolen. So he and his little boy... Go looking for the bike all over town trying to find it and it's really a story of the two of them bonding uh, relating to each other uh, fighting uh, having some problems and the little boy uh, the entire film is really really looking up to his father you can tell that this little boy adores his father um, but things are getting more and more and more desperate as as, uh, the day goes by and they cannot find the bike I won't spoil what happens at the end but it is a crusher. And I think that anyone who has seen this film will just fall to pieces. I'm at the already end. a
0: mess just thinking about oh, it. Just as thinking am this I
1: means. uh as am I and the 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 face of the little boy an uh, a actor named uh, Enzo Staiola is just heartbreaking. Oh,
0: his face is just those big eyes. Oh, oh. my god.
1: This and... is just it's such great filmmaking. Can't play a clip, of course, because it's all in Italian. Yeah. But um it's a beautiful beautiful film and if you haven't seen it I guarantee it will uh, it will it will it will bring you uh, right down to the floor. It
0: might make you a little mad too. Like why is the world so cruel? <laughs> why <laughs> god why? why? Um one more movie I want to mention for my crying list and my crying list is hundreds of movies long, mind <laughs> That's you. That's true. It's hundreds and hundreds of movies long. But here's one that like up. I was sitting in the theater just sobbing. The lights came up and I was still crying. People had left the theater and the ushers came in to sweep up the popcorn and I was still (laughs) crying. The popcorn and your tears. (laughs) Dancer in the Dark, starring Uh. Bjork. Bjork in the only movie that she, she said being in this movie destroyed her so much she could never star in another feature film because it was so emotionally trying. She plays a woman who is uh, going blind gradually and she lives a very difficult life. She doesn't have much money. She's a single mother and she's a factory worker. Her way of coping with all of the challenges in life and keeping her spirits up so she doesn't just you know, fall to pieces is she escapes into these musical song and dance, elaborate like technicolor moments in her life where she's singing. They're, they're like genuine technicolor musical numbers that she escapes to. And life gets worse and worse and worse as the movie goes along. You see how people are taking advantage of her, how it feels that things are never going to get better. Like Bicycle Thief, you know. Yep. Is this ever going to get better? I'm just trying to take care of my boy. And things do not get better. And by the end, you go from these giant technicolor numbers where you have choreography and so on in every single you know minute of the movie until the very end where things are very stark. They're practically black and white. And for the first time, there's not a giant soundtrack and dancing. She just sings a cappella, And that's the way the movie ends. And it's... Devastating. I won't tell you why she's in that situation and what's happening at the very end, but she is singing a cappella and it's just heartbreaking and I highly recommend that. That that might make you cry. I'm just I'm just, I'm starting to cry right now. I've seen it all. I have seen the trees, I have seen the willow leaves dancing in
1: the I've seen. So, Laura, that's our prescription for you. If those movies don't get you to cry, I just don't know what. <laughs> you got to find either a new therapist or a new podcast or something.
0: And a reminder to all the other movie daters out there, if you have any questions, if you're dealing with some challenges in life, if, if you need some movie therapy, Rafer and I always love to administer it. So please give us a call at 5717movies, or you can write to us at facebook.com slash podcast, And you can use those same ways to get in touch with us to answer trivia question. So, Rafer, what was last week's trivia question?
1: Last week, we were talking about Get Hard, the new comedy with Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. And we noticed that this was yet another comedy in which a person of color has to give advice to uh, the white guy.
0: Mm, Like Karate Kid. Like Karate Kid. Like Officer and a Gentleman. Like so many films that have been (laughs) out there.
1: Uh, So we thought of one, and we played this clip
0: it's not a problem, but I don't know, This is not a cold.
1: Eight out of ten women believe that the first kiss will tell them everything that they need to know about a relationship. And believe me, she has definitely thought about it. She has. And we got this correct answer. Hey, Rayford Kristen is Dan and Ann Arbor. When just to answer today's uh, trivia question. It is Hitch with Will Smith
0: and Kevin James, I think it was. I also want to say, love, Rafer, that you're still pronouncing Rihanna's name, Rohanna. I love your style, and keep up the good work, okay? Bye-bye. Oh, Dan in Ann Arbor, that is correct. That is Hitch with Will Smith. And you know what, Dan in Ann Arbor, I have to point out, you are not the only person who wrote in. About how Rafer pronounces Rihanna's name.
1: Uh, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that. I for some you just s- love to pronounce everything. It's the hard H. It's the I always pronounce the hard H that throws it, but it's not how it is. It's it's Rihanna. Is that right?
0: It's not Rihanna. But it's not Rihanna. It's Rihanna.
1: Okay. <laughs> Listeners, I pledge to do better from here on out.
0: All right. So this week's trivia question, in honor of Furious Seven, we're gonna play a clip of another movie. That's, that's a car movie. If you're a cars sort of person, maybe you'll recognize this clip. Here it is. Now we're going.
1: You keep your eye on your friend in the bag, my dear. I'm going to squash him. You're
0: doing terrific, Irby. But don't make it look too easy. Play it smart. Oh, what's that car movie, Rafer? I don't know.
1: It sounds neither fast nor furious.
0: <laughs> I bet some of our listeners know. If you know the answer, give us a call. 5717MOVIES. Seven, seven
1: or you can write to us at facebook.com slash moviedatepodcast.
0: podcast.